What up, artists? My name is Dwayne Jones. I'm the creative director and founder of a lifestyle brand called Art Pays Me. This is the Art Pays Me podcast, and I'm passionate about finding ways that people like you and me can make a living for ourselves off of our creativity. And, you know, maybe we can make the world a better place at the same time. Let's get into it. Welcome to Art Pays Me. Today we have Andy De Silva. I always want to say Andy Das because that's how I think of you on Instagram. But, uh, welcome to the show. Pleasure to be here, man. Thanks so for having you, me. Yeah, yeah. No, no doubt. I first met you, uh, well, I followed your stuff online and then we ended up meeting in person. And I, I think the podcast was super new at that point. I, was, I, I had you in mind to be a guest back then. So it's, I'm glad to finally connect. Uh, so for the people, what do you do? Oh, yeah. Well, I um, uh, consider myself to be an artist by any, uh, just an artist, you know, a urban. Uh, consider myself to be like an urban cartoon artist. So like I uh, specialize in a lot of cartoon-based work, character-based work, but not just limited to that. I mean, I do contemporary works as well. So, uh, I mean, just for lack of a better word, an artist by yeah. any other name. Yeah. Cool. And you're based in Montreal? Yeah, born and raised in Montreal. Um, that's where I got my chops. That's where I uh, got my inspiration and everything and pertaining to my arts. And uh, it's a very art-centric city, so there's a lot of uh, inspiration here, definitely. There's so many different uh, artists from different genres, different styles, different mediums. So it's kind of like if it's kind of really easy to get inspired in the city, definitely. Because it's the city's very uh, art-centric and centered around arts, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I, I went there last year, and that's where I, I finally got to meet you, I was yeah. super inspired. I had been there before, but I never went there with the sort of professional artist lens. And going there thinking along those lines this time, I could just see it's not like the biggest city in the world, but like the the creativity just kind of brims over in there definitely definitely yeah i remember when we met up you told me that uh you had visited but you didn't get a chance to really uh take it in and yeah. uh yeah so like you said it's a small city but i think that's that's very beneficial because it's easy to get to point a to point a to point b and we have a lot of galleries a lot of uh there's a lot of uh diy in the city a lot of um startups and a lot of people just kind of doing their own thing and making their own way and doing little uh galleries or shows or group shows and whatnot so it's uh if you if you keep your ear to the grindstone like a grindstone like i do i mean there's a lot of opportunities to go out there and get your artwork out there i you know what this is one thing i always wondered do you think that because it's a bilingual city that adds to the creativity level i would say so yeah i would i would agree with that i would definitely agree with that i think um that mix of uh, different cultures and uh, having that 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 language, a French language, it kind of gives us our own identity and it opens up doors in, in terms of like, you could have a gallery that maybe a French person opened up and then you have galleries that English Anglophones will open up. So you got like the best of both worlds kind of thing. And then they, they cross pollinate, you know? So it's like, it's one and the same, but it's also kind of separate. Mm-hmm. So you have that opportunity, like you might, you might go into a French gallery, but it's like French ga- owned gallery, but 
you have English artists in that gallery. You have artists from other walks of life in that gallery and vice versa. I think everything just comes together that way. It's like a melting pot of those two different cultures coming together. Mm-hmm. Dope. So like your work is kind of trippy. You got a lot of color. You got like a lot of creatures. Where'd you come up with that? I know you said you're inspired by the city, but like, is there somewhere else? I'm just growing up, like I'm an 80s, uh, 80s, 80s baby, you know? Mm. So uh, like just growing up, um, I was always inspired by like cartoons. That was my first love. Like like when I was uh, a young uh, kid, even in my early years, I wanted to be a cartoonist. And it's weird. Like, you know how some kids, they have that, that they might say they want to be like a policeman or a fireman or like whatever they, when, when you're a kid, you know, whatever you want to be. And then you kind of outgrow it. It's like a phase. Mm-hmm. For a lot of kids, they just kind of have that little short phase with art. To me, it's like even when I was like in my teens, I was like, yeah, I want to. I still want to be a cartoonist. I still want to do that. But then, as as the times moved on, you like cartooning. Uh, I kind of got lost out of that, but I still like to like to uh, create art. But at the time, like I think, like a lot of artists, you're just kind of trying your voice and trying to find where you fit in and what you're comfortable doing all the time. Mm-hmm. To me, it was just always drawn, and then. When I got into my 20s and I graduated, and I didn't graduate in art, actually. I graduated in English and English, English uh, literature. But again, that that desire to always create art was always there. It was always my main passion. So I tried my hand at, um, at the time, everything was going 3D. 3D animation this, 3D animation that. So I tried my hand at 3D animation, but I didn't like it. Mm. So I kind of I kind of dropped out of that and... Um, just continue to, 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 uh, draw and paint until I, uh, continue to draw actually until I just one day decided that, um, I wanted to try my hand at painting. I kind of got into, uh, to these magazines like high fructose and, yes. uh, yeah, juxtapose high fructose. And then I got into like, I was looking at, um, kid robot one day and I was super inspired by like a streetwear and uh, street culture, like street streetwear brands and stuff like that. And I got into like Kid Robot and I looked at their website and it had so many artists that were doing cartoon style, like art. And I just got like, it blew my mind, you know? And then my first four was I actually started doing like t-shirts. I did like a few different runs of t-shirts. And um, from there, it just branched off into me trying my hand at painting. Mm -hmm. And then once I, once I, once I got into painting, that was it, man. (laughs) <laughs> that became like my, my love. That was my, I was super addicted. I was painting every day, mm. every day. I was trying to paint, trying to get better. And I just got lost in that world. Right. So what would, uh, what kind of paint specifically? Um, I would just pre- use acrylics mostly. When I, when I first started out doing acrylic painting, I used to, uh, I just kind of wanted to paint my characters and ideas, but just do it with paint as opposed to just drawing it. Cause back at, back then when I was drawn, it was strictly always black and white. So okay. then when I started painting, it gave me that that inspiration to just use color and do my stuff with color. So I was still painting characters and stuff, but it had no voice. It had no direction. It had no stylistic, um, had no style at that point. It was kind of just like seeing what works, trial and error. But I was still painting very much figurative character-based uh, work. You know, I was asking because you kind of have uh, almost like a, like a graffiti-esque like method in a way, like of, of the way your work presents, like it's kind of flat in terms of uh, 
like you don't necessarily see the the brush texture, at least not from far away. So you could almost be fooled into thinking you're using spray paint and stencils. Is is that sort of intentional or is it just just the way it sort of just happened organically? Um, I think like again, like watch like taking in those influences from those magazines and stuff. Yeah. My style um developed like that. Um when I got when I got further into my painting and I had the courage to start exhibiting, I met up with a collective called um, En Masse, which was like a mural painting collective in Montreal. And basically, that was like a stomping grounds for artists that wanted to uh, do different things or do mural painting. So when I when I came into when I came into contact with that collective, it was really like we would do we would do jams and drawn sessions and uh, paint paint murals and stuff around the city. And everything was black and white. So at the time, like, I was starting to do paintings in color, but I was still very much a black and white artist. So it was right up my alley. And the artists in that collective were anywhere from fine artists to comic book artists to graffiti artists. So it was just this melting pot of all different artists coming together to paint these large-scale murals. And I kind of got my chops from there and as well as inspiration. But, I mean, the artists, the art style I was doing even prior to that was very much inspired by urban arts and mm. comic books and animation. And that style of, uh, that style, those styles of, uh, art. So right. right. And I notice you, you do a lot of woodcut as well. Yeah. Um, that's something I just got into, uh, in the last few years, I, I guess the last couple of years, maybe three years. Mm where I, was, I just had this itch to uh, see my characters um, done as like a woodcut painting. I think I was just inspired by like artists like Cause. Like if you look at Cause's work, he has these large scale paintings that are very contemporary, but mm -hmm. they're in the shape of like a character. Ah, uh, okay. So I, yeah, so like when I saw that, I was like, hey, you know what? That would be cool to do like my, my monster tune characters like that. Like just have them like come to life. Like they just look like you see the shape and you see the whole outline and everything. Mm. So I tried, I tried that out and I fell in love with that as well. So I like doing those pieces as well. They're just super fun to do. Cool. Yeah. I actually wanted to ask you about the monster tunes. So what's that about? Like where, what's the story behind them? I think that's fixing my itch to, to um, create my own world and create my own universe. At first I didn't see it that way. I felt like uh, it was just another style I was doing. Mm -hmm. But then within the last two years, I saw opportunity to just really do something that not to say it hasn't been done before, but just something totally left where it's like I have all these characters I, I made and kind of bring them back at the forefront. Like, you know, most people, they might have like one character that they always draw. Yeah. And, and then they just draw that. And I was kind of like, I wanted to take that a step further. I'm like, what if I had like like my own Walt Disney, like, you know, Walt Disney has like a whole universe of characters. What if I had, I did that. And that was kind of my inspiration. I just saw a grand opportunity to make my own, my own world, my own Looney Tunes, my own Walt Disney, you know, my own, like all these characters that my collectors have been collecting. Cause I sell these as paintings, small scale paintings. They started out as a six by six acrylic paintings. And I have a few collectors that they just collect, that style for me you know mm. they got like some like one of my collectors has like 20 close to 20 paintings and another one of my collectors has 
50 of these wow <laughs> characters yeah so i was like holy shit like it got I, i'll be honest with you i kind of a, a little bit of it too was like how much more characters can i do like how many new characters can i do like i've done close to 100 of these characters so it's like am i just gonna keep doing like a thousand characters so it's like i have all these amazing characters that i designed i'm like why aren't i capitalizing on bringing these characters back and doing stuff like doing merch with these characters or doing putting them in different creative uh venues or avenues with these uh these characters i created because it's it gets exhausting you know and it's like i have a creative brain my I have a pretty wild imagination, but it just was like, it's a, it, uh, I felt like I was missing an opportunity mm-hmm. with all these characters to not bring them back and do bigger and better things. Well, not necessarily better, but bigger things or more expand that universe, so to speak. Right. Right. Yeah. So I used to do sort of a similar thing. I, when I was younger, I had all these characters that I used to to draw and and put in different scenarios. And then when I learned how to paint, I started painting them. Uh, but like, I always had like really specific personalities and what their superpowers were and what they could do in the world and who they interacted with. Do you, do you go that far with your characters? I do. And I'm starting to, um, certain characters I created, I do have a, already a story in mind for those characters. And like, a backstory, but, um, some I don't, but I'm kind of just trying to flesh out, like, how could I make this into like a, like I envision it in my head now. It's like, if this was a movie, what would this be about? Like, what would, how would I bring this to the big screen? You know, but how do I do that in forms in terms of my paintings and, um, the artwork I'm doing? How do I, how do I create a story? And I think that's the challenge right now that I'm coming, coming up with. Like, how do I make this engrossing story and bring it to life through contemporary art? Gotcha. And yeah, and and make a story like that. Like, how do I how do I pertain it to like today's world? Like, what's the message behind it? What's the symbolism behind it? What's you know? So I'm kind of trying to all I'm kind of trying I'm trying to piece that together now. That's mm-hmm. the challenge right now with my. It's not just about having like a product or a merch, but how do I make it more engrossing, engaging world with these characters that people could really relate to and um, gravitate towards my story? Right. Right. That's cool, and that's that goes back to a, as well as my uh, my uh, inspirations in, in cartoon and animation. Like when you look at when you looked at when you look at Disney and you look at like what Pixar does, it's like so it's so incredible because they introduce these characters and they make a movie behind that, and there's a whole fleshed out story. But every single movie is different. They do have sequels, but it's like they have so many different characters and ideas that they fleshed out over the years and they really made their own engrossing world with these characters, you know, mm-hmm. how do I do that? But from a contemporary art standpoint, how do I do that from an urban art standpoint? And that's the challenge right now that I'm trying to, trying to piece together. Dope. So I want to talk about the mural work for a bit. I've never done a mural or any kind of large, really large format outdoors work. How does that, compared to when you do smaller, more intimate pieces? Um, I think it's similar, similar um, process, similar techniques. I haven't done a lot of large scale murals myself. That's actually another muscle I want to flex more and um, get more into. But the murals I have done, it's kind of a similar process. It's like you have your idea, your concept, and then you're basically just sketching on the wall and then 
paint it or spray paint or whatever what materials you want to use. I mean, spray paint, it's a lot faster. Even that, I'm not the best spray painter out there. A lot of the murals I've done have been straight up with just a brush, you know. And um, last summer, I actually did a mural with spray paint. I used spray paint to do it. Okay. But um, the thing with spray paint, what's beautiful about it is that it's just faster and you could just paint something really quick with spray paint. But the, the trouble with spray paint is that you got to have that can control. You got to be on point. It takes a while to adjust. Like if you're used to like a guy like me, I'm meticulous with a brush. Mm-hmm. So it's hard, it's kind of hard to transition out of that. But that comes with stepping out of your comfort zone. But then there are street artists who strictly use brushes and they use rollers. And that's what they do, right? That's mm-hmm. how they paint. They don't use a lot of uh, spray paint. So it's like it's a matter of adjusting and getting that getting that know-how and getting that practice with the can control. Because like a lot of the stuff these guys do, it's like – they're doing that with spray can and it's incredible. And that's, that's really, that's really inspiring too in Montreal because we have such a strong urban arts and graffiti and street art scene Yeah, that you could just learn from these people. Like you just watch, we have the mural fest, we have the graffiti, uh, um, the under pressure festival. And these are festivals just dedicated to urban arts, to street art, to graffiti. And we have so many artists in the city that are, that are graffiti writers that are just incredible. You know, it comes back to just learning and can control. For me per se, I'm still trying to learn and, and improve my techniques with, with the can. And I look forward to doing that um, in the next few months. But I mean, it's pretty much the same process as a, what I would do painting. You're just doing it on a bigger scale, basically. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. And I started like going through seeing some of these, the videos you've been posting and you talked about the importance of consistency as an artist. Do you want to elaborate on that a bit? Oh, 100%. Um, consistency is everything. I, I find like uh, as an artist, you really want to be creating, creating and doing something for the betterment of your career every day, whether that's painting or, blogging or posting on social media or whatever or emailing galleries or something um for me i cannot go i cannot really go a day without creating something even if i'm not posting it on social media even if i'm i I just have it on the back end in my sketchbook or or just put it aside i gotta really be creating because to me it's more than just it's more than just creating something to show people it's Mm -hmm. also a way of how i uh i I deal with anxiety and, and it's therapeutic to me. And it, I just can't, I'm, I'm a, it's like an addiction. I'm, I'm very obsessive by nature in general. Yeah. And it's a way of exercising that addiction with something creative. I just have a, cr- a creative addiction. I always want to create something new and just always want to improve. It's right. kind of like, uh, I look at it like to me, I'm a huge hip hop head. So like a lot of the inspiration I get from in terms of my creation comes from a work ethic. Like I, I treat it like, like if I was a rapper and I wanted to be out there, you'd be putting out mixtapes every day. You know, you'd be putting out freestyles every day and that's how you build a fan base. Like if you look at like a rapper's fan base, like an artist, like a little Wayne or like an Eminem or something, yeah. their fan base is gravitating towards the art and the creation of that art, you know? It's just really they can't get enough. When you when you talk about sport, or even if you talk about like sports, like how sport people talk about sports, they talk about athletes. Like they're really they're talking about sports every day. They can't they can't like 
or rest in peace, Kobe, he was talking about being in the gym, like every day, every like moment he was in the gym practicing and shooting and you just live for it, you know? So that's how I am with my art. I try to treat, treat it like that. And in terms of consistency, just always creating, always putting out work, always flexing the muscle, always keeping the pen sharp, keeping the brush sharp. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's really important for artists. I, like, I don't I believe in resting on your laurels and yeah. I don't believe in entitlement. I think if you're like, we live in an ADD age, unfortunately. So it's like, People always want to see the next thing. And I don't think you should compete with that either. I think it comes to being like, you need a balance. You need a balance. You need a balance of knowing when to show your work and having something to say. And at the same time, always wanting to evolve and improve on your craft craft, and not being complacent. Mm-hmm. Never think you got this. Like you should never feel like that as an artist. You should never feel like you got something as a creative. Mm. You know? Yeah. I never want to get comfortable. My, 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 my biggest fear is getting comfortable. Don't get comfortable because I've been comfortable in the past. And then you, you, and then you slip up and then that's it. And it's like, you got you to gotta get back into that groove. You got to gain that momentum, you know? Yeah. 100%. You know, that, that leads into the other thing I want to talk about is social media validation. So like you got to balance putting your stuff out there. But with, with doing the hard work, when sometimes you can get distracted with the social media and spend maybe more time on that than actually doing your craft, and then you find yourself, am I pandering to my audience or am I releasing what I truly want to release? How, how do you feel about that? Um, yeah, again, it comes back to balance in me. I, uh, I like to post every day and, and um, feed my fan base. So I make sure my posts are tailored to what my fan base likes, likes mm-hmm. of me. And what I, what I, what I uh, gathered is that like people love seeing the behind the scenes. They love yeah. seeing you work on a piece. So like in my stories, I delegate that stuff to my stories. I'll show myself working on my latest painting, working on my latest drawing, you know, and I get like more views on that stuff than I get on my, my posts, you know, like mm-hmm. people like seeing that stuff. They like seeing the creation. They like seeing what goes on in an artist's mind because a lot of people that aren't creative, they don't know. They don't know how an artist comes up with something. They want to know like what goes in that artist's brain to come up with that idea. What what goes into that artist's brain to create the way he creates, you know? And when you give them that glimpse, when you give them that opportunity to see what you're working on, it's it's a great way of intimate way of bonding with somebody that likes your work. They get yeah. to see it firsthand. They feel totally engaged. You're like, hey, I'm I'm a fly on the wall watching this dude right now create that that kick-ass painting you know like me how i tailor my my social media i tailor it to just constantly being inspired so like my facebook is just i follow like a ton of art groups you know i follow a ton of art groups on facebook so what i'll do is when i log in i just see an art all the time uh-huh. i just see people's art i don't see i don't see i don't see uh Deborah's what she had for lunch. <laughs> you know, I don't see that. I don't give a, I don't give a shit about that. I don't see that. I black out, block out all that shit. So when I go on, all I see in my feed is hundred percent art. So mm-hmm. it's hard not to be inspired by that. And some of the art I see is like mind blowing. And then you engage with people, you talk with people, you see what people like of yours. And then that's how I, I, I have my feed. And the other thing is like memes too, because I'm a, a meme junkie. I actually think that shit is funny. So like, it's just memes and art. My Facebook is literally memes and art. And I purposely tailored my Facebook like that. So every time I log in, it's a constant reminder like, hey, you got to get to work. Did you see what this guy just posted? Or oh, you got to top that. You got to get on it. 
you got to go, you got to go, go draw. You got to get inspired, you know? And that's, that's how it is. And I, I like, I like artists that produce at a high level of quality level mm-hmm. and they could do it consistently. It's not mm-hmm. just, they have one painting and then they, they're posting that painting every day or that's all they do. You know, right. it's like, I like artists that have a high quality, quality work ethic of that ratio of, Hey, we're giving you quality work, but we're also giving you the quantity as well. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Cause it's, a, it's hard to get into that momentum of constantly being able to produce quality work. So I tip my hat to fellow artists that are able to do that. Yeah. I, I like that too, actually. Cause I, I know people are kind of critical of in terms of who they follow and stuff. I'm like, well, I just, I'm, I'm sort of the same. I pretty much try to cater my following to stuff I want to see. So <laughs> that's it. You have to, because there's so much, there's so much noise out there, right? Yeah. There's so much bullshit out there. And like you said, it's easy to go down the rabbit hole. Yeah. It's so easy to get lost, man. It's so easy to be on social media. And then it's like, you plan to just do one little thing. And the next thing you know, you're doing some bullshit. You're looking at something that has, is not conducive to what you want to accomplish or not conducive to your creativity. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Man, you get me fired up and inspired because like my 2019, I, I didn't really create as much as I, I wanted to. And so far, 2020, I've been creating a lot more, but like, yeah, Amazing. it's important, man. It's important to like get those hours in and, and, you know, you have to, man. Yeah. Put them. That's how you up. spring. A- definitely. Definitely. Cause it yeah. helps you with your, it helps you with your other ideas too, right? It helps you with your branding. I'm sure like everything, like sometimes you need that, that alone time to just lock it in because you think a lot when you're, when you're, when you're creating and sometimes an idea or a concept or something that you weren't aware of will just spring, will just come to light when you get that intimate time to just zero in and, and, and focus on something. It might not even have nothing to do with art. It might be some other area in your life. You're like, yeah. you know what? You're just painting, you're enjoying it. And you're like, oh shit. Yeah, I should do that. Or, oh yeah, I remember that. Or, you know, I got to do that. Or I got to focus on that as well. You know, and it just comes to light to have that, 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 that alone time to just focus and zero in. You get that clarity sometimes. That's it. There you go. That's the word I'm looking for. There you there you go. That clarity, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. It helps with everything. But you were killing it with your, with your branding uh, okay. last year. You're really, really... Uh, connecting with people and you're really out there you're doing your conferences you're doing your your tour and all that stuff was really inspiring to see that thanks yeah that was kind of where my focus went last year was more like just focusing on the brand specifically and less on the creative side but uh you know it's hard to figure out how to do both at the same time sometimes uh but like you know what's also interesting about doing the creative thing is sometimes i'm scared to lock it in and to dedicate real time to a painting because it'll reveal that I actually suck at painting. And then I have to be like, oh man, I put all this time into this thing that I don't even like. So this is, this is a weird psychological thing that happens to artists sometimes too, at least for me anyway. I, I don't know if that happens to you, but I get this thing where I'm like, man, geez, maybe I'm just not that good, you know? <laughs> Happens to everybody, brother. <laughs> Happens to everybody. I mean, every, as, at some point, every artist gets insecure. Like, I always have this this point where it's like I'm almost finished a painting, and then I look at it, and I'm like, Nah, that ain't the one. Like that, this one, this one, the next one gonna be better. But I still finish it. But then by the time I'm finished, I'm like, 
holy shit, this this looks damn good. You mm-hmm. know, this looks damn good. I'm, I'm I'm I like it. You know, I think it's just those those natural um like your brain naturally think is 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 uh your your brain naturally thinks negative, right? You have to kind of retrain it to think positive. Like I was reading books about uh, how the brain works, and your brain is naturally made to make you think negative. It's naturally made to put negative thoughts in your head. And I think that's just that you just can't, you just got to ignore those types of, uh, those types of, um, emotions or whatever in your head and just, just lock it in. Yeah. Because every artist goes like that. There's days where it's like, I put out something and it's like, like comes back to that, like that validation video I had on my, uh, my Instagram where it's like, you're so proud of a painting and you post it and it's like, it didn't get the response. Yeah. You didn't get the response. (laughs) Then you saw it. You're like, ah, shit. Like, how come they didn't like that one, you know? But the reality of it is like there's a lot of things into play that have nothing to do with the creativity or or, or the quality of the painting. You know, there's the algorithms. There's like, okay, they're not showing it to certain people. And even even if let's just say hypothetically nobody liked the painting, that shouldn't stop you from liking it. Like you shouldn't have you shouldn't need the validation from others to enjoy what you're doing. Like if it's your true calling, it's your true passion. Like, even if they didn't like a particular piece or a particular artwork, who's to say they're not going to like the next one? Absolutely. And you that's what keeps, No, go ahead. And that's what keeps you going. Like, it's always that, like, you don't know. Like, just paintings that I posted that I, I didn't care much for. Like, I was like, okay, this is a cool painting. I like it. It's dope. But I didn't think it was going to go like that. And then people commenting on that. And I'm like, okay, people enjoy that. And then that's that's interesting, too. It's seeing always seeing the different the different reactions to to good or bad to mm-hmm. a particular artwork, you know? Yeah, it's true. I, I try to remind myself when I start getting down on myself like that, I I think about like I'm a hip hop head too, and I think about my favorite hip hop albums or something. And I think, you know what? Some of those albums, I don't like every song on them. It doesn't mean I think the artist is trash. It's just I don't know. I no, just don't like a particular definitely not. song. So that's it. It's okay to just, you know, not everyone's going to like everything you like, you put out. And that's, that's, that's exactly fine. it. Every, every, or even the biggest artists in the world go through that. Eminem just dropped three albums in the last two years. Yeah. Why? Because people didn't like that revival joint. Mm-hmm. He dropped that revival joint. Nobody liked it. So he, in his mind now, he probably had those same, like we go through, like every artist goes through, like, oh, they don't like me no more. So then he came back at it and he dropped two more joints, man. Right, came out of nowhere and he's like nah screw that like I do this this is what I do I was Mm -hmm. made to do this this is my passion I'm gonna I'm gonna show y'all who's the king I'm gonna show y'all like yo I got some shit I got some stuff to put out Mm -hmm. and that's how you gotta be you always gotta be always gotta be with that mindset you know you never you never give up I don't I think like as an artist you've gotta really have a strong belief even in spite those insecurities or those insecure thoughts you gotta have a strong belief in in your art and what you wanna put out there Mm-hmm. Because that's going to catapult you forward. Like when you enjoy it so much, when you really, 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 really enjoy it, that's going to, that's going to, that's going to take you. That's going to, that's going to take you where you need to go. Yeah. After that, it doesn't matter after that. Cause you'll find a way to cope with those other, other things. Uh, I love that. I love it. So I saw you have a painting at the Vert exhibition at the Mark Gosselin gallery. Yes. Yeah. Really love that. that is, uh, pardon? I really like that piece, man. It's nice. Oh, thank you, brother. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's one of my um, 
my planetary styles, my different styles. So I was trying to challenge myself. Um, Nuit Blanche in Montreal, it's like this um, all-night art event where it's like the city stays up, uh, not the city, uh, the, the transportation system stays up in all night. Mm-hmm. And people, there's a whole bunch of parties, uh, exhibitions, um, installations, and the museums are open. Basically, it's like an art party in the city. And then they have like um, amusement stuff too that you could go check out. Basically, it's a whole bunch of events. They even have food events and booze events. So it's like one night only. And there's all these events going around in different parts of the city. So a lot of galleries like to uh, take part. And I was asked to take part in that um, exhibition. The theme this year is called is for uh, green. Vert in, in, in French means green. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, all the artworks have to be centered around the theme of green. So I decided to do like one of my planetaries paintings with just shades of green, just to challenge myself. And it was, it was, it was, it was a bit of a challenge, but that's, that's, that's how it is. You always want to push yourself, right? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, what's, what's actually, when is, when does the show close in case people, I don't know when. Oh yeah. Sorry. Yeah. The show takes place, uh, if you're in Montreal, anybody that's from Montreal listen to the show is at, uh, Margot's and Gallery, uh, mm. 3880 St. Catherine East. That's going to be taking place for one night. The Vernissage happens on uh, Saturday from 7 to 1 a.m. So uh, if you want to come by, if you're in Montreal, come by. If you're not in Montreal, if you're coming by that weekend and you know you want something to do, come step by. It's going to be a kick-ass show. There's 50 artists taking place. That's nice. a cool-ass gallery. Yeah. That's February 29th? That's February 29th, yeah. Oh, from 6 to 1. Let's see this episode is going to drop after that, uh, so they'll they'll miss it. But uh, anyway, I thought I'd try and give you a shout. Yeah, uh, no doubt. Thanks. Is, is there anything else that's coming up that maybe people could check out? Um, right now, I'm just working on my own uh, my own projects and stuff. So uh, after that that uh, exhibition, I don't got nothing lined up right away, but um, I will be relaunching my website soon. And right now I'm going to be uh, focusing on doing some merch. A lot of people have been bugging me for the years. Like, hey, when are you going to do merch again? When are you going to do this? When are you going to do that? And i just been putting it off. You know how it gets as artists, we procrastinate. So this yeah. year I'm super focused. And I've been, uh, yeah, I'm going to be doing some merch, doing some cool stuff with my website and uh, focusing on just kind of, I guess you could say not, not necessarily a rebrand, but just kind of zeroing in on what I want my art, like having a look at it, you know, sometimes as an artist and creative, you got to kind of take a step back and kind of look at like, okay, what am I doing? Where am I going? What do I want to accomplish? And then you got to kind of put, put the goals into place, you know, put mm-hmm. zero in on, on that thing that you want, you know, mm-hmm. or zero in on those things that you want and those things you want to accomplish. So it's about kind of stepping back and not just creating just for the sake of creating, so to speak, but also have, a goal in mind, you know, you want to so make for sure. me right now, that's like we talked earlier, like expanding this vision of my create of this world creation, creating uh, a world, creating a brand, creating like my, my monster tunes and create and like taking my art to the next level in terms of storytelling and, and engagement and all that good stuff. Got you. Got you. Cool. So where can people find you online? Since your site's not up yet. Yeah. Um, 
at Andy Das Instagram. I'm pretty much at Andy Das everywhere. A N D Y D A double S. So uh, my Facebook page, Andy Das. L O Andy Das. Instagram, Andy Das. Is that it? Do I have any other thing? I think that's about it. Okay. And that's getting something. Yeah, that's about it. All right. So at Andy Das everywhere, you could you could uh, hit me up, check out my work. And that's it. Yeah. Thank you very much for doing our page, me. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, brother. Brother, it's been a pleasure. I love what you're doing. Keep keep it up. Thank you so much for listening to the Arcade Me podcast. Thank you to Lange Beats for the theme music. If you got anything out of this show, please rate, review, and subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on. The more you do this, the more reach the podcast gets, and the more artists I can help learn to make a living at what they love. If you want to know more about what I do, hit me up at rpaysme.com or at rpaysme on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Pinterest. See y'all next time.